Reference to or information about any specific product or service by name, trade name, trademark, or service mark in this podcast does not constitute an endorsement of that product or service. And now on to the episode. Hello and welcome to Better Money with Elements Financial. I'm your host, Miranda Finley. I'm a certified financial wellness professional who has worked with thousands of people in all walks of life. And I'm also a real person with real financial experiences. I'll chat from both personal and professional viewpoints to help make your money better. Each episode of season two of Better Money has been tied directly to the inflation all of our members and listeners have been impacted by this year. The Bureau of Labor and Statistics has some grave information out there. Year over year, we're at an inflation rate of over 8% through August of 2022, which is the highest rates of inflation we've seen since the early 80s. Today, we're diving into the basics of inflation and how it impacts borrowing and saving money. Joining us to help navigate this convo is Element's Chief Financial Officer and Executive Vice President, Jeff Joyce. Thanks for joining us, Jeff. Absolutely, Miranda. Thanks for having me. A big fan of, the, of your work and the show. Thank you. Yeah, so are you ready to dive into inflation? I feel like there's nobody better to explain the basis of inflation, how it's impacting us, how we got to where we are, and maybe what we can do to help us kind of get along. So can you define what inflation is for us, Jeff? Absolutely. So in basic terms, it really is referring to the rate that prices increase over time. So here in terms of in, of percentage. So if you think about it, if inflation is 8%, that means on average, goods and services cost 8% more now than they did a year ago. Oh, that's great. And I know an example I found was um, based off of inflation rates we've seen, and I just want to use my lifetime as an example. So in 1992, if someone purchased an item for $100, that means in our dollars in 2022, that item would cost $211.10 because of the inflation increase we've seen um, in the last 30 years. So as I understand, when we see an increase in inflation, that means it devalues our dollar and lowers our purchasing power. So what does that mean for consumers? Yeah, that's exactly right. Basically, it means that you can buy less with the same amount of money. So if you've got, let's say, for example, you make $30,000 a year, and now you used to be able to buy a certain amount of things, your housing, your gas, your food, all Mm -hmm. that costs a certain amount. Now it costs more, so you have to make choices to either consume less, buy less, uh, lower-priced items. In general, you have less purchasing power, as you said. Yeah, and through conversations we've had, I've learned that inflation can affect people disproportionately, right? So it depends on where you live, of course, um, what you purchase. So some goods may rise and fall. We've seen that a lot. Gas prices are a great example of this in 2022. For people who have been working at home and have continued to work at home, gas prices weren't as significant a part of their budget. But for someone who still has to commute into the office every single day or commute to their job, they're probably more affected by the rise in inflation and the cost of goods that we've seen. So I really kind of want to dive into what causes inflation. And, you know, you kind of explained to me, you've explained to the credit union on a whole that a lot of things can impact it. And you call this a perfect storm. So why are we where we are right now? Yeah, great question. It is. It feels like a perfect storm because ordinarily we think about inflation coming from two sources. Either there's demand that outpaces the amount of production. So people want to buy more of a certain good or a certain service or 
just broadly across all the uh, economic uh, factors that we're looking at. So that demand, as people want more and more, the people, the organizations that are providing those goods and services will naturally increase the prices uh, to accommodate the, uh, the amount of demand. The other side of that that often happens is when those uh, organizations are trying to supply that service or that goods, what are their costs going into it? Their inputs, their supplies, their raw material, whatever those sources of, uh, of providing those goods and services is. When that costs go up, they have no choice. It doesn't matter what the demand for their goods and services mm-hmm. is. They have to increase the prices to or- in order to, to stay alive it, as an organization. Right, to stay afloat. And I know the pandemic is a huge part of this, right? So in 2020, we saw not only the demand of items change and some demand shock um, because people went from going out and receiving services, right? So going to movies traveling a lot, doing things like that, to staying at home, buying um, exercise equipment so they could work at home, buying outdoor equipment so they could socially distance, buying puzzles and things that would keep them busy at home. We saw all of those things change. So it increased demand for some items and decreased the demand for some services. So our economy had to shift that way. So we had a demand shock, right? Um, And then like as we move forward, because of the demand shock we saw and because of the pandemic, the shifts in the workforce um, and globally, what we saw is supply chain issues then because of that. So we were making too much of some things. We weren't making enough of others. And then by the time they shifted to make enough of the thing they thought people needed, we were back working and traveling. And, you know, so it's been a really a tough time to uh, adjust to business wise. And I know that you've seen that within our business as a financial institution. Those are a lot of the current impacts I think that that I've seen that I think are you know is that is that on par? Yeah, that's exactly right. And we even think about the the things that it takes to in order to deliver those goods and services. You mentioned the supply chain issues, and even just because we are such a global economy, and to move goods and services both globally and even within our own country, within the the contiguous United States, those those challenges, whether it's fuel, labor, all those things go into causing costs to go up, which influences inflation. Yeah, absolutely. So a big part of this conversation, particularly with financial institutions, is rate increases. And that's kind of the meat of our conversation today is, you know, with inflation, usually we're going to see rate increases both on the lending side of things, but also on the deposit side of things. So that's going to be manipulated. So who determines those rates um, for financial institutions or kind of how does that work? Yeah, great question. So the Federal Reserve is in, has been in the news a lot, especially over the last few months, because they control short-term interest rates. And specifically, it's, it's referred to as the Fed funds rate in mm-hmm. the Federal Reserve. That's really the rate that, that financial institutions earn when they keep money on deposit from the Federal Reserve. And so that is a, a typical kind of base rate. From there, prime rate, it's another pretty well-known rate. It's, a, it's That rate is based on the Fed funds rate. So every time the Federal Reserve Bank moves that Fed funds rate up or down, prime rate goes up or down. And during the pandemic, we saw prime go to zero, correct? Well, prime actually, so the Fed funds rate went to zero and prime mm-hmm. went down to three and a quarter. So, okay. so prime is, prime is a, uh, a spread over that Fed funds rate. And you're exactly right. It went to the lowest it's ever been. And, and that was because the Federal Reserve was very worried about the economy. Unemployment spiked. Lots of people mm-hmm. got laid off. 
And so that's the reason they, they took rates as low as they could. Yeah. Well, and I know everybody's tired of this word, but it was truly unprecedented what was happening. So, And since then, here in 2022, as inflation has gotten so high, the main tool that the Federal Reserve tries to use against inflation is higher interest rates. The idea there is that as interest rates go higher, companies have less money to spend because they're paying more interest. Consumers, individuals have less money to spend on goods and services. So they're going to spend less and that will cool things off and cause less demand and make it so that inflation can begin to go lower. The government wants a little bit of inflation. Every mm-hmm. economy would like a little bit of inflation, like about 2%, 2%, right? Yeah, exactly. You want that uh, things to be increasing in value, but when it's over 2%, certainly when it's over 4%, then it feels like, okay, this is going too fast. So if we think about it like water, this just came to me. So if, if it's way off base, you let me know. So if our goal is to stay at room temperature or maybe a little bit above that, um, during the pandemic, our water started cooling, right? And so they did some things like stimulus checks and, and lowering that, that rate to zero to encourage people to bring that water level back to room temperature or a little bit above that. Right now, we're close to a boiling point. So they're trying to do everything they can to bring it back to that room temperature that's a little bit more palatable. Is that a good analogy? Yeah, that's a great analogy. Okay. Yeah, we, we all get used to the temperature of the water right. that, as we have it. And so when, it, when there is a drastic change, that's when we become uncomfortable. Okay, no, that makes sense. So then how does that in turn affect how financial institutions like elements determine rates? And this is the perfect conversation because you're the guy who does that for us, right? So you are a big part of determining what kind of interest rates we charge or we give on our deposit products to help us stay solvent. Yeah, absolutely. And the idea there, it's really basic math. What we try to do is our members bring in and trust us to take care of their checking, their savings. You, I know you talk to a lot of members about financial wellness, encouraging them to do good things in their own individual finances. And as they do that, as they uh, trust us to hold their deposits, we turn around and some of those same members, other members, need loans, either mortgages, car loans, business loans, you, you name it. And so the idea there is that we want to pay the best rates that we can on our deposits and charge the lowest rates we can to our members for their loans. And so when inflation happens like this and the Federal Reserve raises the, the Fed funds rate and prime rate goes up, U.S. Treasury rates also go up. And U.S. Treasury rates, I mentioned those because that's what mortgages are really based on. And so, you know, a year or so ago, we were seeing mortgages at 3%, you know, in, in, those, in those kind of neighborhood for a 30-year fixed rate mortgage. Now it's over 6%. And that's all because of the change in the interest rate. So going back to what you talked about, financial institutions, we're just trying to create the balance between what we can pay to our members on their deposit accounts or share accounts and what we need to charge when our members are borrowing. We, we want to be as equitable as we can. And that means when interest rates in general go up, both our deposit rates, we're able to raise those and uh, we have to raise our loan rates as well. Yeah. So it's just basically institutions reacting to our, our economy currently to make sure that we can, you know, as stewards of our members' money, we have to do the best job possible and making sure that we can continue to do business with them and offer them the services that we offer. So it's, it's a delicate balance there from what I've learned. I know a lot of this can sound like doom and gloom um, and can be a little depressing to hear. Um, and that's part of it. We live in a cyclical economy and we're going to have downtimes. We're going to have uptimes. 
So I think it's important that if we are in a downtime that we learn how to tighten the belt a little bit and what we can do individually um, when there are a lot of things outside of our control, individually what we actually can control in our own homes. So I think you're the perfect person um, to chat about some of these things too, Jeff, because I know from conversations you and I have had, personal finance is important to you too. So how people manage their money, being smart about money. Um, and I know some of these things that we're going to talk about are things that you've done in your household. So number one, uh, we're going to recommend that you analyze your budget. So the best way to do this is to pull a couple months of bank statements or credit card statements, depending on how you spend and look through those. We can't know where we're going unless we know where we've been. And I won't lie, this can be a little bit of a painful process, but I think that's part of understanding what is happening right now in our economy. And kind of what we're headed towards is that we're not going to get out of this without a little bit of pain and discomfort, but we can minimize that pain and discomfort for ourselves if we put some of these positive practices in place. So in analyzing your budget, just kind of looking at the differences between your wants and needs is going to be really important right now and making sure that we can maintain our necessities first and that we look at some of those wants um, and reanalyze those. So in cutting expenses... I know groceries is a big one and it's tough to do right now, um, but what are some of your recommendations going into the grocery store, Jeff, um, to cut some of those expenses? Yeah, you know, I, and I love to uh, listen to things that you've mentioned in on previous podcasts. I encourage your listeners, if you haven't listened, go back and listen because they're, they're great. And, and the individual uh, presentations that you do with our, our select employer group partners. And some of those tips that I like to do personally is, I, I, you know, I shop around, you know, uh, look for specials, look for deals, plan my shopping around my, my meal planning. Uh, in some cases, uh, you know, we switch, uh, you know, maybe it's pro, uh, choosing a different protein. Maybe if you ordinarily might uh, use ground beef, maybe use ground chicken. Or may, if you ordinarily maybe have go to tofu, maybe you uh, use, use peanut butter more often or rice and beans. So those are those are a few of the options when you're out there shopping. You know, there's there's lots of other things that you can do to uh, you know, look to where where can you save? Whether it's mm -hmm. maybe your streaming services, for yeah. example. A lot of I probably have five of those. Do I need all five? Probably not. So evaluating all of those subscription services because at this point, when we cut the cable cord, we were like, we're going to save a ton of money. We're not going to be spending all of this for 900 channels that we don't use. But at this point, with the addition of a lot of streaming services and those costs kind of creeping up um, year over year, you might be paying as much in streaming services as you were for cable. So just kind of be aware of that. Look at your streaming services. Um, look at your other subscription services. You know, maybe you, you don't need your gym membership. Maybe you can walk outside or work out at home. Um, but just kind of looking at those gas, I know is a huge one. So planning trips and routes ahead of time, uh, carpooling, driving less, making sure that you plan where you're going to go so that maybe you can do multiple errands on one trip versus um, going out separately each time. Uh, and then checking tire pressure. That's a big one. I know here in Indiana, we're experiencing some cooler temperatures. And when you experience cooler temperatures, your tire pressure goes down, which causes your um, fuel efficiency to go down. Utilities is another big one. Um, so what are some things you guys do in your house, Jeff, to uh, to look at your utilities to make sure that you're you're optimizing that? Yeah, I wonder if you had a conversation with my wife beforehand. <laughs> I'm notorious for uh, setting the uh, thermostat. You know, the fall, you know, here the furnace has started to kick mm -hmm. on, right? And we've got a son who likes to put it on 71 degrees. And, I, and I'm, no, 68 is plenty. <laughs> so it, it really is being mindful around that, especially in days, you know, where the uh, you might have sunshine coming in. Hey, open up your curtains. Let the sun come in and warm your house. You know, control your thermostat. Let it, especially at night, be a little cooler. Those are some good options. 
you know, one of the things I've heard you say before is if you, if you don't have the money, don't spend it. I, I think that's fantastic. People ask me all the time, what's the secret to financial success? It's incredibly simple. Spend less than you make. It's so basic, but that's a, that's a great thing. And, and whether it's saving on utilities, saving on groceries, saving on a, a big expense, and thinking about where the economy is headed um, and, again, some of the um, uncomfortability that we might experience moving forward, is this, this might be a time where, you know, previously you might have been able to spend a little bit more than what you make, set it on a credit card, pay it off for a little bit over time. Um, and if that's something that you still need to do for a necessity, that's understandable um, with, with a plan in mind to pay off that credit card as soon as possible or as soon as you're able to. But if you've been gradually putting things on credit cards um, and they've been wants and not necessarily things that you need, this is the time to reanalyze that because what is happening, you know, in raising rates is that those variable rates on credit cards are going up too. And they were already high to begin with. The average credit card interest rate in the United States is very, very high. Um, it is compound interest versus simple interest. We've talked about that a lot on the podcast. So having that compound interest accrue month over month on balances that you're not paying off in full can be a killer for getting out of um, for getting out of debt and for your cash flow and for your overall quality of life. Um, so that's the quickest way. If you don't have cash to buy something, maybe you don't buy it. Maybe you set aside money out of each paycheck for a little while to make sure that you can afford it. But reconsider putting those things that you don't necessarily have the cash to back on those credit cards and kind of ask yourself um, some tough questions there. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And when you when you think about the the impact over time that that causes and even then I hear you talking about credit scores a lot. What's that impact going to be you know, on your credit score? And that has a really long-term impact on your finances. Absolutely. That utilization ratio makes up 30% of how your credit score is calculated. So making sure that your utilization ratio is optimal so that if and when you do need to borrow, because most often or most likely you will need to borrow at some point, that your credit score is optimal for that time that you need, do need to borrow and that you don't get yourself in the position that you might have to rob Peter to pay Paul and decide what to pay. So we've talked a lot about how rates are are um, decided and an increase in lending rates um, often leads to an increase in deposit rates too. So that is a positive, a silver lining that we're seeing. So check out the interest rates that you're being paid on your deposits right now. If you have your emergency savings set aside, if you have liquid savings set aside, there's a really high chance that you may be able to earn more on it without the risk of it being in the market right now. So the market is a little bit tumultuous. So it's nice to know that our hard-earned savings that we've set aside, that three to six months of expenses that we talk a lot about, that you can set it aside in a liquid deposit account. And right now, because of the environment, you're likely to earn a little bit more um, in interest on that. So make sure that you check out your financial institution or check out Elements and see what um, deposit rates are and see if it's matching up with what you're currently receiving. When it comes to investing, I've heard that owning real estate and investing are the best two ways to kind of combat inflation, right, Jeff? That's absolutely right. You know, you, 
if you say, okay, what can I do to combat inflation? Those are good things. You know, if you can invest either in your employer, if they have a 401k or some kind of a retirement plan where they're matching, that's always a good way to start. If you're not already in that fantastic way to start. Yep. Yep. And you know, there are other tax deferred options. Um, invest, you don't have to be intimidated by investing. And we've got a a group here at elements. If anybody needs help, uh, they give fantastic advice and can help, uh, help individuals manage their finances or manage their money. Yeah. Almost all of our wealth management advisors are certified financial planners, which means they're highly qualified to sit down with you, make sure that you can lead the type of life you want to lead in retirement, and to make sure that you're on par um, to hit some of those those longer-term financial goals that you may be looking at and to make investing a little bit more digestible because it can be overwhelming. So start with that employer-sponsored program, and then if you're looking to talk to someone, we've got your back. And then paying down high interest rate debt. So, you know, I kind of already harped on it. Um, I only get on my soapbox because I care about you guys. But paying down that high interest rate debt is going to be really important right now. So if it's high interest rate to begin with, it's likely unsecured debt. Uh, so credit cards um, or lines of credit. And those are going to be variable. And as the rate environment increases, those rates are only going to go up. So it's going to be harder to get out from under. So my recommendation is... You make a plan. Um, so the debt snowball and the debt avalanche are two plans that we've talked about historically on the podcast. Head back to our debt episode to um, to learn more about that. But then also debt consolidation can be an incredible tool to help you consolidate that debt, particularly if it is that compound interest rate debt. Taking that to a simple interest rate loan um, can be a lot better of an option for you with one set payment, one set end date, and it's not going to be a variable interest rate. Um, So I like that about it, and it can be a really great tool if you've already rectified kind of what might have put you into that high interest rate debt in the first place. If we've looked at our spending habits, if we've made some changes, then that debt consolidation can be an excellent tool. So, you know, we've kind of gone through a lot of things. Is there anything else that you feel is, is really beneficial? I think, um, you know, your position being our CFO, you've lent just some really valuable information, but you've lived through this personally, right? So when I mentioned really high inflation rates and us not seeing rates like this since the 80s, you lived through the 80s. I did not. So can you tell um, me and the listeners kind of what we need to look for? Any other advice that we um, that we can take from you? Yeah, absolutely. And it's something that uh, I don't talk a lot about, but I did grow up uh, in uh, live through difficult situations where, uh, you know, in, in my particular situation, my uh, when I was 10 years old, it was 1980. And my parents had, uh, I believe it was 11 years of college student loan debt on the GI Bill. Both my parents had been in the Army and uh, three kids supporting a, a family. And at the time, in- inflation was causing interest rates to go extremely yeah. high. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about mortgages 16, 17, 18 percent in the early 80s. And uh, uh, we lost our home. You know, we had uh, a, a bank loan, uh, bank uh, foreclosed. Uh, you know, we were faced with homelessness. Uh, fortunately, uh, had friends down the street who had, had moved to a new home and, and rented their home to us, uh, their, old, their old house to us. So we, we avoided that uh, homelessness. Looking back on that, I'd say two things. One is don't ever take your situation for granted. Kind of going back to what we talked about earlier, paying down debt. And we've gotten so used to over the last couple of years the opportunity to get uh, debt very easily and very cheaply. You know, low interest rates on mortgages and and lower interest rates uh, than historical on things like credit cards and and all those kind of things. We never know when rates are going to go up like they have now. So be diligent about uh, m- and mindful about the level of debt that you have. 
And then also I'd say uh, when you do have a difficult situation, look for resources. Don't A, don't be ashamed of that. There's no shame in that. Um, and, and work with us if you're, if you're a member of Elements, whoever your lender is, if you have debt, um, come and communicate. Don't, don't get yourself into a place where, uh, where the walls are caving in and you don't feel like you have any, any options. Talk to us. Talk to whoever your financial institution is if it's not Elements. And, and look for other resources around the community as well. You know, we love our community partners. Folks um, are doing a lot of good work, and, and don't be ashamed to reach out to them either. Absolutely. And that is an excellent uh, transition into our community corner. So we're going to try something new here on Better Money because we work with amazing organizations and in a wonderful community. So each episode, we're hoping to take a few minutes and update you on achievements our partners are celebrating or work elements is doing out in our community. So as an organization, it's really important to us that we pour time and resources back into the organizations that we partner with that do incredibly important and vital work. So we have three pillars of giving that we focus on, homelessness and housing, healthy lifestyles, and youth development. And keeping those three pillars at the top of mind, we celebrated our sixth annual Purpose Day on October 10th. So every year on Purpose Day, Elements employees are encouraged to make an impact in the communities they reside in by doing some things like volunteering at local food pantries, cleaning up their neighborhood, stocking their free little libraries, or supporting school staff. And this year, after a morning of volunteering, everyone joined together to build different care packages benefiting organizations like Little Red Door, NeighborLink, and Dream Alive. In accordance with Purpose Day, Elements employees were encouraged to advocate for their favorite community organization. So we'll be awarding 10 organizations uh, with grants totaling over $6,000. And in advance, uh, this is all in advance of our grant-making um, cycle and United Way campaign, which both combined will represent over $100,000 in giving. As an employee, I love the opportunity on Purpose Day to get out with my colleagues and do work for amazing causes. Uh, what are some of your favorite parts of Purpose Day, Jeff? Yeah, I, I completely agree, Miranda. It's, it's doing things together. It's so meaningful when we have an impact together and we can see our impact go further. You mentioned Dream Alive. I happen to be on the board of directors with uh, Charles Akimbola, another one of our uh, folks here at Elements. And, you know, that organization's breaking the cycle of poverty uh, through impacting uh, youth. Like we could go on and on about the community partners that we've got out there and the great work they're doing, but having that partnership, working together with our fellow employees. That's fantastic. Yeah. And as we, you know, as we kind of talked about maybe some um, discomfort coming, you know, in the future, something that has always grounded me is remembering that there are other things going on. So as, um, as dire or as scary or as uncomfortable as my personal situation might seem to me, there are other people in my community that need support in different ways than I do. So every time that I'm reminded of that and can do that with like-minded people, like my colleagues at Elements, it's just a really, really meaningful day. And I get to work with people I don't normally get to work with, like Jeff. So check out our socials to see more information about our sixth annual Purpose Day. Thank you so much for being uh, here with us today, Jeff. You shared some really important information. You shed some light on how financial institutions work, what you're doing in your home, and what people can do to kind of fight inflation, and even shared um, that personal anecdote. Thank you so much for sharing that story and how inflation can be really impactful, but there is another side of it, um, as long as we kind of remember um, that there are some things that we can do to kind of help it along. So thank you for joining us today on Better Money with Elements Financial as we talked about inflation. We hope you were able to take something away from this to help make your money better. 
Find more episodes at elements.org slash better money on Spotify or Apple podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. As always, reach out to us at bettermoneyatelements.org with questions and we'll see you next time. 